The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I know you're going to find this shocking, but Joe Biden made an idiot of himself. We have the great Michael Malice, Morgan Zeggers. It's going to be a great show tonight on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. It's time for yet another edition of Dome and Dumber. What am I doing here? Now we look at 2022. I want to tell my Republican friends, get ready, pal. You're going to enter a problem. And we need to stay unified. Oh, gosh. That's the President of the United States. Look, let me explain what's going on before we go into Joe embarrassing himself and Dome embarrassing herself and all these other things. Before we get into this, let me explain what's happening right now. All right, these people love being in power. They love it, understandably so. I mean, these are not people who are capable of any kind of accomplishment outside of holding political office, so they really better stay there. Right now, they see all the poll numbers you see. They see the inflation numbers. They see the outrage. They, they know they're very, very unpopular. And they don't have a great plan. They don't have a great plan for 2022. I believe they do have a plan. I'm going to get to that in a second. They don't have a great plan for 2022. They have no idea what to do for 2024. And so if you're in a bad situation like this, sometimes you just kind of have to hang on 
and hope the ship doesn't come apart on you before it sinks to the bottom of the ocean. What am I talking about? Well, Joe Biden is not a fully functional adult. I know that's not exactly news to you. You know it. The guy can't speak in complete sentences. He's not doing well. And so the plan was always, look, let's just get Trump out of there. We'll just wheel poor Joe into the White House and we'll prop him up a little bit, have him give a couple speeches, retire him after a couple of years. We'll bring in Dome. She'll go ahead and take over the party. But none of that has worked. None of that has worked out the way they wanted it to work out. Uh, Joe's unpopular. Kamala's unpopular. Butt gig is their other backup. He's unpopular. They don't have options right now. So the options are for them, just hang on to Joe. They're actually, and, and I, know, I know you find this hard to believe, and to be honest, I find this hard to believe. They are legitimately planning on having that man stand for re-election again in 2024. I mean, they're, they're flat out saying it. Here's Jen Psaki. The president has every intention of running for re-election, so that's the other message for them. Let's talk about this from a human standpoint for a second. I know we've done this before, but all politics aside, I, I do try, even though I'm an ardent anti-communist and I believe we should fight these people tooth and nail, I do do the best I can to keep whatever tiny shred of humanity left in me. I try to keep it alive. So let's just set aside politics for a moment. Joe Biden is not just old. It doesn't matter his age. Joe Biden is fading away. These bodies God gave us, the mind he gave us, they don't last forever. I've, I mean, I shouldn't even be telling you this. I've had to get glasses. I never wear them because I don't want to look like a nerd, but I've had to get glasses. This, things don't last forever. Look at this. You see that, Gray? It wasn't always that way. Things fade away. Joe Biden is in the twilight years of his life. I mean, whatever you want to call that. A year, 10 years, and I'm not wishing that on him. I'm not, obviously not wishing any harm on the man, but Joe Biden doesn't have a ton of time left to live. He just does not. What's wrong with Jill Biden? Is she the preeminent elder abuser in the United States of America right now? I think she is. I think you have to consider that. I, I've railed on her time and time again. You've heard me just go after her for allowing him to run for president to begin with and then allowing this farce to continue. But if that woman legitimately allows him to run for re-election without stepping in and saying, no, my husband's going to retire. That woman is a power-hungry monster. This man, and again, we're setting politics aside. I know you hate him. I hate him too. This man, he needs rest. He needs care. Have you ever known somebody getting up there in years that's gone through what Joe Biden's clearly going through? Rest. Care, sometimes round-the-clock care, a relaxing environment, peaceful music, sunshine. I, everything he's not getting right now, that's what he should be getting. This job is going to kill Joe Biden. As much as I hate him, I don't want Joe Biden to die. Does his wife feel the same way? This is wrong. I, look at this man. Look at this man try to speak. This job is killing him. I'm worried about families and elderly grandparents and what their lives are at stake. Everyone, everyone, everyone is a little harder. 
So, you know, so mom can, grandmom can walk out without having, out of her porch without worrying about falling, can take care of herself, can be left alone. They're going to keep working to pay the bills. Look, my plan is simple. We're going to make sure we take care of mom. We're going to take care of the child. You and those of you in the sandwich generation, you're dealing with both. You're dealing with both. Look. That man is embarrassing himself in front of the world. Remember that. He's not like you. He's not like me. Well, obviously, we're thrilled with the big audience we have here at the first. In China, they're not watching when I speak. Well, actually, in China, they might be. But in other parts of the world, they're not watching when I speak. When Joe Biden speaks because he's president, the entire world watches. You know, I mean, this is reality. And Joe Biden has to understand this, too. You know that when Joe Biden gets up and mumbles through something like that, teenagers in France get a good snicker at, his, on his, at him. Realize that? Germany, Japan, the world laughs at him. And Jill Biden, because she loves being first lady so much, sits back and enables all this. Well, I mean, her and the entire Democratic Party, Nancy Pelosi let as much of her mask slip as can actually come out of her skin and said the quiet part out loud. Our country could not be more, could not be better served than with this most experienced, capable hands than yours, President Biden. <laughs> He's just perfect. The timing couldn't be better. And Madam Vice President, we're inspired by your work for the people as you continue to be an invaluable partner to President Biden. It is always nice to hear from the Speaker of the House when she's about a fifth of vodka in. I do enjoy that. But look, she's right. I mean, she, look, it's, what do they say? A drunk man's words or a sober man's thoughts? She came out and said it. He's just perfect. He is perfect for them. He's absolutely perfect for them. He is an unthinking, weak puppet. They can make do whatever they want. And he's the one out there taking all the punches for him because he's the president of the United States of America. It is a sad state of affairs. And look, I guess maybe we should be a little bit thankful that Joe's there because you want to talk about saying the quiet part out loud. What have I been telling you about 2022? Remember what I've been saying about it? I'm nervous. Oh, Jesse, why would you be nervous? It looks like we're going to sweep in. That's why I'm nervous. If you think these people are just going to sit back and say, ah, Looks like we're going to take a beating at the midterms, guys. Oh, well, you know, hey, life's, life kicks you around sometimes. Let's, we'll, we'll go get them next time. If you think that's how these people think, you've got another thing coming. I've been very worried about what kind of crap they're going to pull going into 2022. Looks like Dementia Joe gave away the farm. The struggle is no longer just who gets to vote or making it easy for eligible people to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote and whether your vote counts at all. Okay, Stalin, which brings us to Dome. Part of the reason they're going to make Joe Biden stand for re-election is Vice President Kamala Harris. She was always supposed to be the backup plan. She was supposed to be the one that they were going to rely on when they wheeled poor Joe out the back of the White House and sent him down to Boca Raton to play golf. Except she's horrible. She's absolutely dreadful. Everyone hates her. 43% approval, 50% disapproval, when she doesn't have a job. She has no responsibilities. It's like, that's like 
more than half of the public hating the backup quarterback for the football team who's never seen the field. Why do you hate him? And yet they hate her anyway. She's just that awful. They even tried to do some photo op with her, trying to plug in an electric car, and she can't even, for a brief, you know, 15-second window, make herself out to be some appealing human being. It's plugged in, so it plugs into just a normal electric yeah. socket, right? Uh, yes, normally it's a 240 volt, but you can go ahead and plug in and uh, okay. that's it. Okay. Yeah. There we are. That's it. And there's no sound or fume. There, there is nothing. Yes. Okay, yeah. And that's so all there is to it. For all of us who are used to, Every morning to we, filling our tank, we, we, you usually can smell it and, and you can hear it. You can hear the guzzling sound. Right. None of that. None of so that. So how do I know it's actually working? It oh. is. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so typically, once you... Sounds like how Kamala got her political career started. All right. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. My friend, the great Michael Malice, joins us next, and I am not responsible for anything that comes out of his mouth. But first, are you in debt? It's all right. I know what it's like to be in debt, and I'll tell you one of the things people who've never been in debt don't know, the shame that comes with it. Not that you should be ashamed, you shouldn't, but you feel it, don't you? You don't want to tell people. No one brags to their friends, hey, Bob, let's go get a beer. Man, I am buried in debt. I was an idiot. Maybe it's not your fault. Maybe it was your fault. It doesn't matter. One thing you can't do is give up. Just let it go. I'll never pay it off. Don't do that. Make one phone call for me. Call Total Financial Freedom. They've been helping people out just like you for a long time. If you owe $10,000 or more, give them a call. 877-332-8291. Believe me, they're not going to embarrass you. They're not going to go tell all your friends. They're not going to laugh at you on the phone. Oh, you're so dumb. They're just going to help. In some cases, they cut payments in half. 877-332-8291. We'll be back. Joining me now, my friend Michael Malice. He's the host of Your Welcome, also author of the book The New Right and the Anarchist Handbook. Michael, he has a wife, he has a family. Why allow this to continue? They're talking about the man standing for re-election. What? Shouldn't he be resting in Florida somewhere? I mean, it's very disturbing that the First Lady's a doctor and she's allowing this mental patient to walk around the halls of the White House <laughs> flinging his poo at the walls and besmirching the <laughs> portraits of past presidents and First Ladies of yore. This is something that cannot stand. Um, I think it is very... This is one of the reasons I donated to Biden, by the way, in the primaries, because I was, <laughs> I was very much looking forward to having a president who can bring down the historical respect and veneration Americans have for the presidency, which is exploited to allow presidents to get us into wars that we have no business in being in to begin with. Uh, if you have someone who is having a diaper full of you-know-what, trying to tell you to kill your sons and daughters overseas, it's a lot harder to make that case than when someone who has a, a modicum of dignity like President Reagan or President Obama. Yeah, you know, that, that's, that's 100% fair. It's a very good point. Uh, Michael, 
they know everyone can see it. They know everyone's unhappy about gas prices. They know everyone can see the president is not a fully functional adult. Nope. And yet they march on. And I don't, I don't think these are the type of people who are just going to hand back power. They're not going to shrug their shoulders and say, oh, well, we're going to lose. No big deal. And I'll be honest, all that makes me nervous. I don't think they know that at all because there's an enormous percentage of the population that does not view data independently that will literally tell you with a straight face to this day that Kyle Rittenhouse on January 6th went and shot a bunch of black people. Uh, they will repeat exactly what the people on their screens tell them. So to have any kind of independent assessment as you or I or some of my friends might have, that's not how their thought processes work. So they will tell you, and the other argument people tell you the straight face, I'm sure you've seen this with Twitter, that Biden can't be senile and incontinent because it is in fact Trump who is senile and incontinent. And it's a seesaw. So if one is, the other by definition isn't. So you're not dealing with a population that views data in the same way that you and I would view it. Did Trump break a bunch of people or were they already broken and he simply revealed them to be so? Let's look at Jonah Goldberg. I mean, that's the textbook example, right? The guy wrote Liberal Fascism, which was an historical analysis of the uh, um, similarities between progressivism and Mussolini fascism and Hitler-style fascism. And now in 2021, all of a sudden, he's come to the realization that Fox uh, has an element of propaganda to it, something which it has done from the beginning, something which Fox doesn't even pretend to the contrary. His definition of propaganda is simply having a bias in terms of how they cover the news, something which every news organization has, from the New York Times to Fox, Mother Jones, OAN, or so on and so forth. So when you see people like this, uh, it is hilarious to watch their antics as they say things that two seconds ago that they or five years ago they would have had complete opposite things, which is something, of course, they correctly accuse Trump of doing, that he'll say one thing one day, the next the other day. So it, it's really demonstrated how feckless uh, the master class in Washington really is. Michael, I'm going to play you a little clip of Joe Biden mocking medical freedom. I'm sure you've already seen it, but in case the audience hasn't, here's the president of the United States of America. And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? So first of Vaccinated all, people spread coronavirus. Yeah, and it's also very interesting that he's in front of that green screen and a very bad green screen, it, or it looks like a green screen at least. I'm surprised that the White House doesn't have at least at this level like deep fakes where you know, uh, um, Joe Biden is somehow surrounded by Teddy Roosevelt and Jeff, Thomas Jefferson and all the other you know, great presidents on Mount Rushmore. Um, they will say what they need to say in order to get the result that they want. Uh, and because a virus is mutating, because a virus in effect has a mind of its own, at a certain point, there's only so much people can do. Uh, you, you know, had developing a vaccine against measles, people still get measles in isolated incidents, you know, something like that. So they have to present their argument that they're keeping the population safe but they know that this is a lie because there's only so much that they can do against a worldwide pandemic. So as a result, they have to create an outgroup. It's somebody's fault, just like as you bring up sometimes back in the Soviet Union, it was the wreckers' fault. It wasn't that our economic system is wrong, it's that people are sabotaging it. So their argument always is, if everyone does what we want, then it would work. And since inevitably some people aren't doing what we want, therefore it's their fault that what we want isn't working. 
What percentage of the American population agrees with what he said right there? What percentage of the American population hears words like medical freedom and they sneer at it as if it's, as if it's some something for cavemen somewhere? But I, I think what you're misunderstanding is it's not a numbers issue. I can't give you a number because it's one mind in many persons. If this had been a like right-wing country, they would be repeating right-wing platitudes with the same sneer and blank look on their face. So it's not about persuading the masses. They're ballast. They don't really matter one way or another. It's just getting control of the microphone or the megaphone and having enough of the thought leaders agree with you. And then everyone else is just going to jump on the bandwagon, just like with team sports. Okay, so what's the COVID plan from a Biden perspective? They campaigned on beating it. They're not going to beat it, as you pointed out. It's a virus. It's going to be here forever. It's always going to be mutating 100 years from now. It's, it's here. They can't beat it. Okay, what's the plan? The plan is to exploit what is going on to get as much profit as possible for their corporate donors, uh, specifically Big Pharma and to uh, use this as an excuse to increase authoritarianism and as a backdoor to do things like having digital currency uh, and having control of, or at least surveillance, then control later, of everyone's movements uh, and having them be tracked. So this gives them a great excuse in order to do things that they had wanted to do um, anyway. Nancy Pelosi came out today and said something. I thought it was interesting coming from her mouth. I want your take on it. Here's what she said. The fact is that there is an attitude of uh, uh, lawlessness in our country that springs from I don't know where. Maybe you do. Yeah, so she clearly had read the anarchist handbook. I'm doing my part in order to spread this attitude of lawlessness because there's absolutely no reason for anyone to follow any law that goes against human rights and your own rights as an American. So these laws have no validity. Uh, there's absolutely no reason to respect a law, for example, that would forbid you from serving food to someone who's peaceful. Uh, there's no law forbidding you that's binding from opening your gym and letting people work. So, and, and not to mention last year, uh, a huge percentage of the country were allowed to uh, loot and burn down cities and have no consequences for their actions. And the only person who really was made a big case out of was the one who was defending himself and property uh, against the lawless mob, which the police either allowed or encouraged. Michael, you are an anarchist, obviously. What is the anarchist's take on mobs, as you just pointed out, burning down cities? You just pointed out the Rittenhouse case, obviously. The one guy steps up to defend himself. He's one internet video away from going to prison for the rest of his life. You know that's true. Sure. What's the anarchist's take on that insanity? Uh, to recognize that prosecutors are political agents and that if you are poor and uneducated in this country and you get in the crosshairs of the government, God help you. Um, number one. Number two is to have gun proliferation uh, and to encourage a spirit of self-defense and uh, not know, expecting not to rely on the police. Things like castle doctrine is a wonderful thing that's spread on a state-by-state -state basis, which legally recognizes your right to protect yourself, even if it's agents of the state who are breaking down your door. So to have much more of a Second Amendment concept of that well-regulated militia, which they meant having a population where everyone knows how to use uh, firearms and to own firearms, as opposed to expecting government monopoly, which will always defend the state against the population uh, if push comes to shove. He's Michael Malice. His book is The New Right. Highly encourage you to go get it. Thank you, my brother. Thanks so much, Jesse. Coming up next, we got This Week in Wokeism, and wow, it is a doozy. But first, do you own a home? 
if you own a home, pay attention. I didn't realize this until I found out the hard way. Maybe you don't know this at all. Your home title is not a piece of paper sitting in a bank anymore. I mean, it may be in a bank somewhere, but it's online. It's online. And anything online can be hacked. It's out there in the cloud. These cyber thieves now, their number one target is home titles. As we speak, as you're watching me on TV, they're scouring the internet, trying to break in and get people's home titles. What will they do if they get your home title? They'll forge your signature on it. They'll go take a loan out against it. And you will have to pay that loan back or you will get evicted from your home. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Use the promo code RADIO and sign up. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. Protect yourself. This Week in Wokeism, next. Let's do a little rewind. Let's do just a brief little rewind. Do you remember last year, last summer? Remember St. George Floyd died? And you saw the video. I'm sure you saw the video. Everyone saw that video, and it was ugly. Right? We watched it, and he's sitting there, and he's sweating, and he's grinding. He's calling for his mom, and there's a cop on his back, and maybe his knee, and it didn't look bad. Guy died. And it sets off a firestorm in this country. Now, remember, most of that firestorm was fake. Most of it was paid for and organized. That's why pallets of bricks started showing up in American cities across the country. Communist DAs started turning loose criminals from the jails. Remember, last year wasn't organic. It wasn't some civil rights movement. It was all fake. Nevertheless, a lot of people looked at what was happening, and they sat back and said to themselves, how do I get in on the victim game? I mean, I want to be a victim too, because that's what we've done in this country now. We've decided that success, kind of icky. You probably stole it from somebody. You probably don't deserve success. Victimhood, however, that is the highest thing you can achieve. That's why our most successful people in society, they'll, they'll reach the pinnacle of what you would consider to be a success, and they'll, they'll do race hoaxes. LeBron James has done one. Uh, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey's done one. Oprah Winfrey's a billionaire. I don't know if she still does this. Do you know at one point in time, she, she did her show in Chicago, so she didn't have to wait in traffic. Oprah Winfrey would have her private helicopter fly her from rooftop to rooftop in downtown Chicago so she'd never wait in traffic with the peasants. She claimed to be a victim of racism. It's, it's the ultimate thing for so many people. And the St. George Floyd death, it really kicked that off. It kicked it into overdrive in this country. Everyone's all, I want to get down on that. And Bubba Wallace... He's a driver, NASCAR driver. Almost immediately, he has Black Lives Matter plastered across his car. He has, you'll see there, I can't breathe on his shirt. Okay, can't breathe on his shirt. You see that, right? Remember, that turned out to be another hoax, but we're not going into any of that right now. And already, that, that perks of people's ears up. They're wondering, okay, NASCAR driver, that doesn't really fit. What's with the Black Lives Matter stuff? Okay, it's odd. And then one day, I'll never forget it, boom, a story came out. Somebody put a noose in Bubba Wallace's garage. And media took off like a rocket ship. Oh my gosh, it's modern day. It's like the South in the 50s all over again. Where, where are the KKK guys? The FBI mobilized a force of 15 men to go down and examine the noose in Bubba Wallace's garage. 
And you know what they found when they got to that garage? You see, all the drivers have a garage. Got to have a place to put your car, your gear. The noose was simply a string that hung from the garage door and had a loop on the end of it. You see, when you wanted to close the garage door, you would grab the loop and you would give it a little pull and the garage door would come down. It was not a noose. It was just a garage pull string. Now, in the meantime, before they came to that conclusion, Bubba Wallace was on TV show after TV show after TV show. I just can't believe in this country this could happen to me. Ah, I'm so oppressed. And then the story comes out, boom. Not a noose, just a garage pull string. And virtually everyone in the country just kind of walked away from it, right? Because it was embarrassing for everyone who pushed the initial lie. Oh, gosh. That's embarrassing. Whoops. It was just a garage pull string. Hey, uh, uh, let's, let's forget we ever, let's forget we ever said anything about that, right? You remember all, that's how, that was the story, how it laid out. Now let's pause for just a moment. Let's take a little time out. You remember my sky is green theory, right? I'm not going to go over it all for you. You've heard me say it a thousand times, but how the system can just wake up one day and decide up is down, left is right. The sky isn't blue, it's green anymore. And they would mobilize all their forces to push an outright lie. They would push it out to the public and get 50% of the public to believe it. They would get 50% of the public to believe, even though their eyes told them the sky was blue, that it was in fact green. Remember that sky is green theory? Well, I want to draw your attention to something. ESPN, the largest sports network in the country, and I mean the largest comfortably sports network in the United States of America. They have a documentary out. And this documentary, it didn't come out last year. It didn't come out in the heart of that noose finding and St. George Floyd dying. This documentary I'm about to play you a preview for came out yesterday. I want you to watch this documentary and then tell me how crazy my sky is green theory really is. What did it mean when all those people who were so silent on that chat Two weeks earlier. Oh, I still don't forget. But this, this moment was still important. Um, you know, you, you can let down your guard a little bit, but I don't forget the ones that were silent. Silent about what? <laughs> what? I'm, the, I'm sorry, what? Oh, that's a long documentary, too. It's, 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 it's a long documentary all about, you know, oh, I said this day and this dark day, and they have all these drivers out there. I stood behind him. And then you, of course, have Bubba Wallace over there. I'll never forget who didn't stand with me. About what? Because somebody found a garage pull string? These people... Not only are they more than willing to lie because they really don't have any moral founding at all. Remember, these are anti-humans. These are communists. These people are committed to death and misery and destruction. And part of the reason communists have been so successful in the last hundred years is there is nothing holding them back. There's no moral grounding holding them back. Bubba Wallace, it would never occur to Bubba Wallace, hey, ESPN, maybe we shouldn't do this documentary because... That whole thing turned out to be a lie, and we ginned up a bunch of fake race outrage, and, and, and it was all a lie, and it kind of makes me feel icky. So I don't, I don't feel like we should do this documentary. It would never even occur to him. It would never occur to him. The lies must be pushed at all times. 
without shame. And look, it's not the end of the world, but I do think it, I did think it was important to bring this up for this reason. I think it's important for everyone in the country to understand exactly what we're up against. I'm not telling you to be a moralist monster like them. I'm not. But it is important to understand that is what you're up against. These people will tell blatant lies to your face without a moment's hesitation. So... Do keep that in mind the next time the system sells you something and tries to sell it really, really hard, right? Maybe, just maybe, maybe they're trying to convince you the sky is in fact green after all. We have Morgan Zeggers joining us next, but first I want to talk to you about something. Health insurance. Oh yeah, I know it's real fun to talk about, right? Health insurance. Who doesn't want to just strangle someone when you think about shopping for health insurance? It's awful. I've been there a thousand times. I've been waiting on hold for 20 minutes. I know, I know, I know. I know what it's like to have 10 internet tabs open and you're trying to figure out the best plan. I'm going to save you a lot of trouble. Go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly. And what you're going to find there is a faith-based insurance group. You're going to find endless options for you. You have a family? Good. They have great family options too. Dental, vision, you name it, it's there. 24-7 telemedicine. And when you go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly and use the promo code Jesse Kelly, you get 75 bucks off. Oh, but there's one more thing. 5% of your monthly goes to our vets with PTSD. I told you it's a good group. My.onesharehealth.kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly. Morgan Zeggers joins us next. Well, sometimes it can be hard to find feel-good news out there, but I came across this little soundbite, and I'll tell you what, it had me smiling ear to ear. Here's White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. The Biden administration considering extending that student loan payment pause. I know um, there's, if not, besides legislation that probably won't pass, what are some of the options that can help these people? Um, you're talking about the student loan payment pass that expires in February, just for, for clarity. But it expires February 1st, so right now we're just making a range of preparations. <laughs> Joining me now, contributor to the First TV, Morgan Zeggers. Morgan, it's music to my ears that people are going to have to pay back loans they took out. I don't know why that's radical, but I think it's wonderful. Oh, I do too. I mean, Jesse, I started a small business in college to pay off my student loans. And now because of the Biden inflation, the cost to produce my product has uh, exponentially increased. And so it's just really making me so happy to go through all of this. But this is the cherry on top of the cake because I'm happy that people have to pay for their own actions. Morgan, by the way, what is this What is this business? Tell people about this real quick. Oh, thank you. So I, I found a YouTube tutorial on how to make wooden American flags years ago, and I started making them and donating them to VFWs. There's a lot of Vietnam vets that have Agent Orange and all these problems from service, and so I would donate them to fundraisers. But now we sell them across the country, and because we make a wood product, well, the cost of wood has gone up quite a lot. And so something that used to cost me maybe $80 to buy is usually around $120 now. So you can see that's quite the price increase. And my friends in college that chose to get liberal arts degrees did not have the same tenacity, did not have the same forethought, did not pay off their student loans on their own. And now they are trapped paying the same amount in student loan debt as they're paying for rent in the very expensive liberal cities that they live in. And they want me to pay taxes and you to pay taxes to pay for their problems. So I'm sorry if I'm a little aggressive on this, but it's just really unacceptable. 
It is unacceptable. Uh, and by the way, the flags are really, really cool. Morgan, if people would like a flag, perhaps as a really cool gift for a relative at Christmas time, where would they go acquire one of these? Oh, thank you, Jesse. If you go to zeggersfreedomflags.shop, that's where all my flags are. And we're located right next to the Saratoga battlefield in upstate New York. So it's patriotic all around. Thank you so much. It is. And it is, and they are really, really cool flags. All right, Morgan, now let's let's get down to business here. Uh, college. It's become something that parents in this country have just pushed on their kids for years and years and years and years and years. You got to go to college, got to go to college. I don't want my son to be a failure. I don't want my daughter to be a loser. She's got to go to college. I feel, it's not that I don't feel like college is valuable for some people in certain fields, but I feel like we as a nation need to break that that thought that you have to go to college to be a success. I know all kinds of very, very wealthy people who never even step foot on a college campus. How do we break that in parents? Oh, geez. Well, Jesse, what you're touching on goes way beyond just higher education, but it's this dangerous complacency that's taken place in America, whether it's the dangerous complacency with sending our kids off from elementary school to 12th grade senior year, when we assume the government is going to teach them how to be responsible citizens that understand the threat of big government. I'm sorry, what a mistake that was. But then with higher education, a dangerous complacency in assuming that this is how life has to be for us, that this is how society has to be. And it is, you know, a little bit of keeping up with the Joneses, but it's also a lack of participation on the parents. Now, I see a few avenues for, for fixing this. One of them, Jesse, is just the example of what it looks like for a high school student to meet with a guidance counselor. I think there's a huge problem with the funnel that we shove our kids through. For example, I graduated high school in 2015. I had one meeting a couple years before graduation with my guidance counselor. She asked me what my goal college would be, my reach college, what my my uh, safety school would be and a few other schools that I should apply to that I could definitely get into. She told me to join a few more clubs, maybe play another sport, do some volunteering on the weekend, and maybe I'll get into that reach school because that's really the big goal, right? But there was no other intention of what are your life plans? What do you want to do with a family in the future as a young woman? What's your career goal in the big picture? And how could this degree actually help, uh, help you achieve those goals? None of that discussion really takes place. So that's one of the issues. The other, though, is the government involvement in higher education. I would take an ax to it if I could. And I think most Americans, once they understood the role government plays in this and the higher costs, they would want to do it too. Morgan, 32% of college students have a negative view of socialism. Obviously, that's a very low number. And as much as I dearly love the great Winston Churchill, God rest his soul, he has a very famous quote that I disagree with vehemently. That quote about if you're under 30 and not a liberal, you have no heart. And if you're over 30 and not a conservative, you have no brain. I flatly reject that. I believe children are what they're taught to be. And we have clearly taught young people in this country that communism is just fine. How did we go so wrong? Oh, that's a, a loaded question. I usually talk, I mean, when I started my nonprofit, Young Americans Against Socialism, this was back in 2019, so pre-COVID. And I would talk a lot about how my experience in high school, I didn't have a lot of direct indoctrination in the classroom. A lot of people maybe assume that we're taught in the class, communism is a good thing, kids. But in reality, Jesse, what's happening is during the teaching of the 20th century, we learn about Pol Pot, we learn about Castro, we learn about Stalin, and these really 
bad guys from the 20th century, but we are not told that all of them came to power by loving Marx, by promising that they wouldn't bring communism, promising that they would bring progressive democratic socialism and all the fluffy words that we hear today. And then what happened after the attempted implementation of these policies is what we ended up seeing. So we aren't taught that these people promised great things and then it led to bad things. We're taught that they were just bad, evil dictators that rose to power. So our generation in America today, we don't hear the same promises of the 20th century and then have red flags go off in our head because we just can't possibly have that happen if we don't understand those promises are red flags to begin with. That being said, though, now we're in a whole new era where it's not just in indirect indoctrination. We have straight up direct indoctrination in propaganda that's pushed with critical race theory with the 1619 Project and other actual distortions of history that are being pushed that not only have to do with not teaching about communism, but also make people ashamed to be Americans. So there's a lot going on here. And unless we absolutely take back the education system from the left the same way they took it from us, we're never going to save this country. It is the way out of this, I swear. Morgan, my favorite thing about you is actually not your flags. It is the fact that you are an anti-communist, <laughs> which you know is near and dear to my heart. 73% uh, of college freshmen believe abortion should be legal. What is this crossover between all the communists and a love of abortion? It seems to be universal. The communists absolutely love murdering babies in their mother's wombs. Explain. Oh, I, we could go a bunch of different ways here. I would say, first of all, it's very dehumanizing to teach people that it's okay to murder your own child and that it's empowering. Uh, but in the big picture of things, a lot of my life work, I'm a young lady, so a lot of girls will be like, Morgan, do you want to get married before you achieve your life goals or do you want to do the opposite? Uh, no, I just, I have a vision for my life and that really includes being a freedom fighter for the entirety of it. Uh, when I look at what I could focus my life on, it would be making sure people understand communists hate when we have families. They hate when you own property. They hate when you have a business. They hate when you have happiness in your life, because guess what? When you have happiness in your life, whether it comes from a relationship or love or children or a home or your business or faith and religion, they can't really compete with that. And you're going to put up a big fight, Jesse, to protect what you have. So if you have nothing, and especially if you don't have children to fight for, and not only fight for, but to protect and preserve a future for, you're not really going to put up anything when they come and take it from you. So I, I really do think that this is about protecting the power that comes with ownership. And I don't just mean ownership of, of things, of materialist goods. I mean ownership in your family, in the things that you've built in life. And that is a family. That is kids. That is love. And it's really a shame. These people are fun suckers and these people are, are sad, sad individuals. But I, I'd like to say, if I'm going up against godless communists, I feel like I'm doing something right. You know what I mean? Amen. Young people, get married, have a bunch of babies. Life is better, I promise. Morgan Zegers, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. I'm trying. I'm sure you'll be quite successful. All right. We have Light in the Mood next. You ever have a bad day at the office? I remember when I was a kid... My first job 
was washing cars. I was 14 at the time. It was actually illegal for me to get a job, but one of my buddies owned a car wash, and so he agreed that he would pay me under the table, and I could come on and make a little cheddar and buy Mountain Dew and Little Caesars or whatever it is all 14-year-olds buy. I was absolutely buying Mountain Dew and Little Caesars. But anyway, on my first day on the job, I remember this. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a car wash. We had a Mercedes come in, a really, really nice one. I'm assuming they're all nice, but this one was known to be nice. Everyone was gawking at it. And the guy paid something like $200 to have this thing detailed. And when I say detailed, I mean this guy wanted people to take, and they did, he wanted people to take Q-tips and run them in the little air conditioning vents so there was no dust in there. I'm not making that up. It's true. I remember I was just dumbfounded. I, because I was a new guy, wasn't even allowed to touch the car. They, they just said, hey, t- hey, twerp, stay away. Go, go run a vacuum somewhere. So I was just watching all this from afar. And you know what else I watched? You ever see the movie Tommy Boy when he opens up the car and then he backs it up and bends the car back? One of the guys who was taking care of this Mercedes pulled it out of the garage, then realized he forgot something and with the door hanging open right there, he backed that bad boy up and bent the door back. I'll never forget the look of horror on his face as he had to walk in and tell the boss about that. So, bad days at the office, they come for everybody, including this waitress here. be time to get some new shoes all right now you know i have a special coming out this friday right on george soros how much have we been talking about george soros well i have guests experts on the man coming up this friday but there's actually a catch this time to watch it you've got to go to the firsttv.com slash support then you can watch it on demand the firsttv.com slash support and sign up then you can watch the soros documentary I'll see you tomorrow. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.